Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Darian Wing of Lab Shenanigans, and this is Scientifically Speaking. On this week's episode, we learn how flustered I get in stressful situations and also how medical school can wear you down. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to motherfucking Scientifically Speaking. Today, I have two wonderful guests, Pickles and Guac. Pickles is a third-year medical student at UT Southwestern. And fun fact, he is also a proud member of the Yelp Elite community. Guac is a second-year medical student at Northwestern Feinberg School of Medicine. And he is also a Taco Bell aficionado and aspiring Yelp Elite. Parentheses at Pickles, help me. All right, guys, welcome to the party. How are y'all? Doing great. The daylight savings got me all messed up. I thought I got my eight hours of sleep, but... Literally, me too. I just rolled out of bed. I poured a cup of coffee. I am sitting in my closet in my underwear, talking to my two besties. Also, for, for context, I call y'all pickles and guac because of Camp Kesem. And if y'all want to know more about Camp Kesem, please listen to episode two with KP, or also known as Kim Koo. KP, we were in the same chapter at University of Texas at Austin, while y'all attended Rice University. And with y'all's chapter, y'all needed y'all needed more male counselors. And so y'all's chapter reached over to our chapter. It was like, hey, can we borrow some of your male counselors? And so then I moseyed on along and helped y'all out. And then yeah. we got placed in the same unit. That was the beginning of our budding friendship. Can you believe that was like five years ago? This was that five years ago? This was mm, this was five years ago. This was 2017. This is my senior year. Honestly, I I was not expecting to be like to have I guess like to have like this type of close friends going to rise. For me, I was like, let me just go over just to help y'all out. And then I think one of the first people I met at Rice was Pickles. Yeah. At the lock-in, the church lock-in the night before, the day before camp, remember? Right, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, camp was so, 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 so fun. <laughs> we we all got <laughs> we all got really close because we hated <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Dude, we literally would sit in the bathroom for hours talking about her. Because she was hey, a terrible what's, what's, leader. Wait, what's the other guy's name? I forgot. I'm a... 
I feel like our bathroom talks are just the highlights every single day. Like yes. we wake up, we have to wake up like so early every single day. But like I didn't mind sitting in the bathroom, like <laughs> half like whispering, half yelling our our like our thoughts and our like feelings about the day. We know? were like legit parents because we were watching what ten to twelve year old boys, and I think it was a culmination of trying to like parent these children and also trying to. Honestly, parents, some of our colleagues, and that was frustrating. <laughs> We're getting yeah, so <laughs> we were just frustrated together, and we would just vent to each other. I think that's what brings people closer, venting together. I honestly, I think that's why I'm so close with a lot of my old lab mates because we vented together. <laughs> we vented together about our toxic PI, which I'll talk about that later. Actually, wait, no, we can talk about you that now. when Pickles gave, gave a kid a nosebleed? Whoa! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh! Remember that? that was, I don't like how this is slandering my, my good name <laughs> right now. I think there needs to be a lot of context, you know? We were doing, like, a little pillow fight. You know, totally harmless. You know, pillow fights are a fun part of any camp experience. And I think this guy just turned his face the wrong way. And he got like, a full-on, like, <laughs> Facebook like, of, like, pillows. The air resistance so wasn't there. There's a little aggression behind that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no aggression, no what, whatsoever. <laughs> I swear, that I swear, there were like rocks or like batteries in those pillowcases or, or something. No, but Haikido, he said that that was he started laughing so hard. I think that was the most I've ever seen him enjoy camp up until that day. To be honest, for sure, for sure. Then was like laughing and like bleeding out of his nose. Wait, <laughs> uh, I forgot his name, but I think he went off to like. UT afterwards, like the UUT Camp Kassim afterwards. Is that right? What? Yeah, you know, yeah. And it kept changing every single time too. I think. You know? I don't know why. Yeah, I want to say. No, no. <laughs> no. I don't think it was. No. It was like something sleep related, like staying up all night. <laughs> when you said sleep, I was like, is his name like apnea? No, like- I was thinking that was like sleep <laughs> apnea. <laughs> is that his name? A- apnea. When I had to study for the MCAT, like that was one of the things I had to remember: sleep apnea. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Literally, I use zero percent of what I need. I need to study in the MCAT right now. Guac, you mentioned that you're studying for the step exam, right? Yeah. How's that going? So I'm on like day four. Uh, I'm taking it in a couple of weeks, um, but I'm the first class that's taking it pass fail, so that that oh. takes off a lot of the pressure. Yeah, so I know for Pickles last year, he had to probably study a lot harder. Generally, step one is considered the like big test of medical school, kind of like the MCAT on steroids. It's yeah. another eight-hour test. I've been told. Uh, whatever, your, whatever score you get has a big bearing on what type of residency programs you end up on. But mm-hmm. I think at some point, the AMA and other medical associations decided that the test wasn't like predictor of how you would end up doing in medical school and residency. So yeah. they made a pass fail for us. And that takes off a lot of the stress. I've been trying to like study at a different coffee shop and check out a different neighborhood every day with friends and just make sure I'm getting my reps in, but taking it very chill. That's hey. why I'm able to be on this podcast. Hey, 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 Wait, so before pass fail, the score was probably like an indicator to, I guess, for residency programs to see who's like, I guess, quote unquote, competent and good enough to join the program. Is it similar to like the MCAT score, how like medical schools look at your MCAT score to see if they should accept you or not? So if if it's pass fail, I guess, does it even out the playing field a bit? And everyone is kind of seen as a more homogenous pool 
for residency pro i'm mad that i'm using the word homogenous but i was literally just in the lab yesterday but anyway um yeah is it is it more like of a homogenous pool for residency programs to just look at and i guess less going to be less picky when accepting potential matriculants or applicants that's a that's a tough question. So I'm I'm curious on what Pickle's answer is too. Ooh, uh, yeah. Traditionally, like the score has a big bearing on where you end up similarly to the MCAT. But now that it's passed bail, that's one less data point that residencies have in distinguishing candidates. So I know that one of the concerns that's been brought up is uh, students from like international areas or like schools that may not have the best ranking are kind of put at a disadvantage since they don't have that score or data point that they can use to leverage when they're applying to residencies. So I think that's one of the consequences of it. At the same time, I think it does take off a lot of the stress that med students have. And one of the big concerns with medical school is just the level of burnout and fatigue. And I think that a lot of my friends from last year who were taking it were very much burned out by the end of step. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with everything that Kwok said. I think it's done with a good cause in mind of kind of relieving some of the stressors and burnout that medical students experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was one of like the few objective measures that people have to kind of distinguish between different applicants, right? This is all just kind of conjecture, you know, with my tinfoil hat on, you know, a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories going on right now. But uh, <laughs> um, we don't know yet. This is kind of the my year. So there are some people in my, I'm like the last class to take it with a score, but there are some people applying with me that have a pass fail score. Mm -hmm. Some schools take it a little bit later. So this is the first cohort where it's going to combine both scores and non-score tests. So I think we do not know what to expect at this time. I'm thinking about it now. I feel like they will just kind of emphasize other scores like step two scores or other objective measures like number of research publications you may have Mm -hmm. while there is a good benefit to reducing medical student stress the stress will just go on to a different part of the application yeah step two basically i see and pubs basically there's gonna be a lot of medical students pubs kind of diluting some some of (laughs) that i feel like i've already (laughs) seen that amongst like my class here i'm sure you probably can see the same at southwestern yeah yeah i mean Medical student research itself is sometimes not the highest quality. <laughs> it's something that it's, it's like a game we all have to play. You know, we just have to play the game and hopefully. Y'all are like, like the fifth person to tell me that. Now, this is, this is going to be a really dumb question. Probably obvious. But like, is medical school stressful for y'all? It really depends on what the, the part of medical school. Different parts, different times in medical schools are less stressful than others for sure. I feel like Guac is uh, one, I don't want to speak for him, but step one experience is maybe a little bit less stressful because it's a little bit more pass fail. Yeah. But for me, I'm on my third year right now where every single waking moment of my life, I'm being evaluated by <laughs> by uh, an attending doctor, basically. Yeah. So I'd always be on my best behavior and always trying to be on top of it. And it's, it's a lot of work too. So you have to go into the hospitals, do all, do all your stuff, and then go home yeah. and study for your shelf, which is kind of like the mini step exams after mm. every rotations you do, basically. Okay. So, okay. so third year is a little bit stressful, but it is more fun because you can get to see people, and it's kind of the first step into what real life as a physician is. What mm. rotation are you on? Uh, I actually just finished internal medicine a couple weeks back. Right Ooh. now, I'm on my sub-internship for PMNR right now. So for right. the listeners, I don't know, but uh, PMNR is basically physical medicine rehab. Oh. It's basically a field of medicine where you kind of treat 
a lot of different disorders like traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injuries. Basically, if there's a condition that may prevent you from living life to the most functional that you can, basically, yeah. UNR is the way to kind of address some of those issues. And that's a very gross oversimplification of the fear. There's a lot more that goes into it, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I don't want to bore the listeners with. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, <laughs> no. You're you're teaching me. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't I don't know these acronyms, and so it's cool that you're you're listing them out. You're defining them for me. I think PM and R docs are getting more international kind of recognition. Yeah. Recently, because of COVID, I know mm-hmm. you heard about the COVID long haulers. It's like long COVID. Yeah. Uh, people have a lot of like residual symptoms physically from yeah. illness, even if it was a mild or moderate, just have these long-lasting physical complications. Yeah, for my listeners, if y'all know Raven, the science maven, she she had long COVID and now she's going through physical therapy. But um, definitely check up on her Twitter if y'all want to see her recovery journey. Uh, one thing I didn't know about before medical school was what the hours of medical school were like. <laughs> if you could share about internal medicine and what those hours like were when you were on rotations. Uh, it really depends on what school you go to and the level of kind of, and the site that you get. I was at Parkland and at the VA for the majority mm-hmm. of my time and I am. The VA was a little bit chiller and you get there around, you know, seven, maybe around like four or five whenever the residents dismiss you. Four or five a.m., right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not too bad. And at the Parkland, you get there around, you know, like seven-ish, you round around 10. You leave around like four or five as well. But sometimes at Parkland, you have something called long call, where we kind of stay a long time and admit new patients to our service. And sometimes then you leave at around 8 or 9 p.m. at mm. night. But then when you get home, you have to go back into the hospital at like 5 a.m. Then the next day for like oh post call pretty much, you know. But it's only like every now and then. Yeah. Plus you're studying when you go home, right? Yeah. So that's a lot of, <laughs> you have to do a lot of good time management. And I think, Holy. I don't know about, other schools but i am rotations is probably at least like a six day a week type type, type of deal you get like one day off i see i see i am now earlier you mentioned about like knowing the system and like knowing how to i guess knowing how to play the game if you will can you go more into that in terms of playing the game i feel like that just depends on who the person is yeah so different residency programs have different levels of competitiveness so neurosurgery is traditionally known as like really, really competitive, while like other specialties generally don't have as much competition in terms of like getting into a good residency. So I think the people that end up knowing that they want to do something pretty competitive yeah. are very driven to get as many research publications that they can. So I think they will sometimes maybe put aside their schoolwork and coursework during the first two years of medical school and focus on the research because they know that the coursework stuff is past fail and may not be as important towards residency. Mm-hmm. I feel like research is definitely part of playing the game. I don't know if everyone that's doing research enjoys research. I'm still trying to figure out how much I enjoy research. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it, just kind of getting involved in research. And I think nowadays with social media becoming more like a prevalence, a lot of people are on like, on like med Twitter now or like med yep. Instagram. I feel like I know a lot of people who like, who like DM them. DM residents on med Twitter, med Instagram, and trying mm-hmm. to form those connections early on. Sometimes at some programs, the residents, how the residents feel about the applicants does have like a, sm- a small say in how highly the program wants the applicants to go there. That's so sneaky. I feel like, 
Yeah, it is kind of sneaky. It's kind of like how um, some people who want a job, like at um, like at a startup business or something, they'll like try to find them on LinkedIn and try to connect with them and then message them on LinkedIn. But this is, I guess, is more, I guess, more informal but more casual. I think it's honestly pretty smart. Well, I, I think reaching out to residents is actually a pretty beneficial thing. Yeah, like you can learn a, a, a lot from it. Oh yeah, and there's like there's very like valid reasons to do so but i can see how that could be construed as playing the game yeah so in the future double-edged sword for sure right now like are y'all doing any research for residency this is actually good for me <laughs> this is good for me because i'm like going to be presenting this later in denver i'm, I'm going to a pediatric conference hey. so wait when wait, when are you going i'm gonna be there let's see april how do i look at my calendar <laughs> the last weekend of April. Oh okay. man, I, I was gonna be in Den- Denver for the first week of April for fun, and I was like, "Dang it, it's not gonna be." <laughs> oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I was like, man, you know. Momo, to answer your question, so I've been doing research with a pediatrician here at Northwestern. So Northwestern has a senior thesis program yeah. where you're required to submit a senior thesis and do a research project over your four years. And my project is looking at male utilization of healthcare and their general health status, mm-hmm. kind of background. Men in general tend to have worse health outcomes than women, and it's known that their utilization of healthcare services is a large part of why they don't tend to do as well health-wise and live as long as women, along with so many other factors. The transition to fatherhood it has been theorized as a great opportunity to intervene and encourage men to get involved in healthcare stuff. So my research is centered around what are the predictors for fathers that don't utilize healthcare services, and yeah. how can we support those men? Oh, okay. What what stage are you on right now in that project? I'm on the part of writing the manuscript. He's like, I'm at the part of joining the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it worked out really well because my PI is working with the CDC and they already had a lot of the data ready. So it was about, for me, just coming up with a research question, looking at the data and then writing up results. So I'm in the writing up results part. Wow. How do you like medical school research compared to like undergraduate research? That's a really great question, Pickles. I think you were someone that told me to look out for how different research would be in medical school. He's like testing you right now. Yeah, yeah. So in undergrad, Pickles and I, I think we had similar experiences in that we never felt that we like truly enjoyed the research process. A lot of research in undergrad, especially rice with biochem majors and majors of that sort, were a lot of PCRs and pipetting. I know, Momo, you love doing that type of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to crap on your, you know, your whole, your whole, your whole right now. <laughs> Yeah, my whole bubble just popped. Whole, Thank you. whole image, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had the patience. It was tough doing the same thing every day, sometimes not even getting results. And I think in medical research, a lot of it is like retrospective studies, looking at yeah. patient outcomes. You may never had to even go into a lab. It blew my mind that you could be part of a research lab and there was no laboratory. laboratory yeah. Laboratory. When, yeah. When some of my friends who are like much older than y'all, when they tell me they, they've done research and I'm like, oh, what'd you do? They're like, oh, we write papers. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We wrote a paper based on these five papers. <laughs> but wh- where's where's the science? Where's the where's, the, the wet lab stuff? Where's the pipetting, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I haven't touched a pipette in years now, Momo. I don't know if I even know how to use one. 
you literally saw like a virgin like i literally have <laughs> not touched a pipette i have not touched another person in years i remember you were in should i say their name dr <laughs> lab i was fascinated with her research their research do you, do you remember your undergrad research yeah, yeah. So I was. I was yeah, I was gonna say you I better remember because I remember it, and if I remember it, you should remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was working at Rice at a, in a plant biology research lab, and we were studying. Who was your the... PI? <laughs> no, I was kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to trap you. <laughs> I wonder if she listens to this. Hi, doctor. I, I highly <laughs> doubt it. I highly doubt. If she does, hey. I would love to have her on this podcast. <laughs> That'd be so dope. I really like her. Actually, when I went back for Rice graduation a year later, because of the whole pandemic thing, I made sure to stop by and say hi. She's Aww. really great. Yeah. But anyways, I was doing plant bio research, and we were looking at the function of peroxisomes and how proteins signal towards the peroxisome. And we were just doing a lot of genetic mutations where we would knock out a gene in a plant and see how they would grow depending on the function of the peroxisomes. I felt like my project just took so long. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's research, dude. I think what's really cool about your project is that y'all were studying human peroxisomal diseases, right? You know how you're supposed to, like when you're writing a paper, have some type of relevance to explain like why your study was important? Yeah. I feel like we would often talk about the human peroxisomal diseases as our like connection to why it's important research but i think we were still like at a very basic level of research just trying to figure out how that works oh uh, uh, i see i mean well hey like i think on paper it sounds really good that y'all are studying human peroxisomal diseases in a plant model i think that's the first of its kind that i've heard of and so that's why i was really fascinated with dr bleeps research <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Momo, speaking of PCRs. Oh my, no, I, I, I was like, oh, I, know, yes. I know, I Please know do. he's going <laughs> to bring this story. Uh, I just knew. <laughs> okay, so for background context, I started working in my previous research lab in late, 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 late 2017. This was when I think Camp Kasim ended and we were still on like the camp high. Y'all were still at Rice and I was just like really... Honestly, just excited to join a new lab. This was my first time joining a lab and working in that lab full time. I was very fortunate enough to start on my own project and really expand that in the next three years. But in the very beginning, my PI essentially helped mentored me into starting my own project. And the first thing I had to do was PCR. Prior to working in that lab, I had never done PCR on my own. I always did it in a like a lab class setting. And so, you know, in those in those settings, we only remember the steps just for the lab. We don't remember the concept, or at least I didn't. I only did things just to get an A. And then after that class, boop, it would be gone. My OPI taught me how to do PCR, retaught me how to do uh, PCR. I think I was so used to, because of undergrad, I was so used to like just having everything worked because everything was optimized. And in this lab, um, we were trying to create primers and really optimize our PCR. And so my PI designed three different sets of primers and I thought that they were all supposed to work. And so when I ran these PCR reactions, none of the primers worked. And I remember sitting in Taco Bell with guac like 8, 9 p.m. at night 
literally pouring my heart out, venting to you about like how big of a fuck up I am. I didn't know I was trying to optimize this reaction. I thought it's supposed to work. It didn't work. Therefore, I did something wrong. My PI was the one who designed the primers and she just wanted me to test them out. She didn't tell me that. I didn't know. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to get fired from this lab. I don't think I can get to grad school. (laughs) You were just like sitting and talking about listening to me and just like, is it consoling or consoling? Consoling me on the far left side, there's like another PhD student and he could hear me from a distance and he came up (laughs) to me and tried to give me advice. I'm like, oh, try adjusting the annealing temperature, try adjusting the primer length. And I'm like, okay, okay, thank you for your advice. But oh my gosh, that was that was one of the first early stories of me venting to you. And then after y'all graduated and left Rice, things progressively slowly got worse. But y'all knew how stressed I was in that lab. Like I was mentally stressed. Yeah, the reason we were at Taco Bell at 9 p.m. was that's when you got out of lab. And the crazy (laughs) the thing is yeah that that was my break that was my break throughout the day well that was you know that was um when i was working like crazy hours in the lab i would leave lab leave leave lab like at 2 3 a.m and then come back the same morning around eight or nine i think on the bright side being in that lab really taught me how to run my own project and know how to pinpoint the toxic traits of a lab. I feel like in life, you have to go through the bad things to appreciate the good things, you know? And so now that I'm in a good lab, I am doing so much better. I don't know if y'all know him, but I'm in Zlebowski's lab at Rice. Zlebowski? Yeah, Jersey's Lebowski. Well, his his lab is pretty new. So I think y'all probably wouldn't know him. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I just remember in the early stages of your lab career after Kesem, Yeah, I actually offered you a place to stay. Uh, <laughs> apartment and oh. I, I remember I felt, I felt so bad it was like a one bedroom place and then like you I'm like, hey, you can just sleep here because I know you have to go to lab pretty early on and, you can, and my place was kind of close to lab yeah. and you were like alright <laughs> you didn't even have a bed you would just like sleep on the ground in like a little sleeping bag in my living room those memories are so 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 good I miss crashing at your place and this wasn't yeah. like a one-time thing this was i think a legit like a whole semester of <laughs> me me crashing at your place monday to friday and i would right. sleep on the floor in a sleeping bag and then i would go home on the weekends and you offered to like let me sit at your apartment for free and i was like no 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 no. like i'm gonna pay you because you're letting me stay here for a while yeah, you're- paying for like for like for like a two square foot like space <laughs> in my living room <laughs> like what what is that the thing was you were never there though I, I feel like every time you were always like the last one home and like the first one to leave i, I rarely saw you at all you're just in like 24 7 basically you literally came back home just to sleep <laughs> and really like, yeah that's so tough <laughs> Things have changed a little bit. I go in at a pretty decent time and I, I leave at a decent time as well. Yeah. And then I remember during the summer, that was when your lease to the apartment ended. And so you ended up staying at your brother's apartment. <laughs> but your brother was was never at the apartment because he was always at his girlfriend's place. And so you uh, let me say at your oh brother's God. apartment for that <laughs> summer. <laughs> And then, oh, and then we only had one key. And the thing was, you had the key, but after you came home, you would leave the door unlocked for me because I would come home later. And then I would come over quite often that the security guard at the front would recognize me and let me through, even though I didn't live there. And then I think one night, you accidentally locked the, the door. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember this? You accidentally locked the door. So then I tried calling you, but you didn't pick up. And I was like, whatever. So I slept in my car that night. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I slept in my car that night. And then the next morning, I think I called you and then you picked up and you felt so bad. I was like, don't worry about it. Let me go get, let me go oh to the restaurant real quick. Let me change. I'm going to head out. I got to go back to lab. <laughs> oh, Do you remember that? I, felt, I, remember, I feel so bad. I remember, I didn't remember that. I felt so bad. I was like... <laughs> must have been like an early night for me or something. This I don't know why. Normally, I wake up pretty easily to phone calls, even mm-hmm. if it's like by vibration. I don't know, maybe I just you know turned up too hard that night or, or something. You know, I just forgot. What I'm saying is, everyone cancel pickles. He's done. <laughs> here's his Facebook. Here's his Twitter. Here's his Instagram. Send him hate messages right now. Okay. <laughs> but no, that was fun. Like. A lot of my early memories in that lab was was really fun. Spending time outside of the lab with y'all. It was so convenient that Rice was right across the street. And so every time I would get out of lab, I would just walk over to y'all's place, spend time with y'all, play Overcooked Grab Taco Bell. Those oh, are yeah. like the really fun memories. Overcooked. Yes. For the listeners, 
if you want to know when Momo is mad, it's not when he gets really loud. It's when he gets super quiet. <laughs> Which is even more scary in person than you yeah. think. No, <laughs> stop! He starts getting red. He stops talking, making eye contact. He pauses the game and he's like, guys, guys, we need, to, we need a better strategy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so, y'all... I don't believe in astrology at all, but I'm a Libra and I am very competitive. Okay. Like I want to win. I want to get three stars, three stars on overcooked. And sometimes I think internally when I get very stressed and overwhelmed, I vocally, I just shut down. I'm like talking to myself in my head. I mean, I think it's very evident whenever I'm in lab, whenever I'm stressed, literally, I'm just like zooming all over the place and I'm quiet. And I just wanted to get three stars, okay? I just, I wanted us to get a better strategy. <laughs> yeah. I felt like nothing can face Momo. And then I played Overcooked. And I was like, wow, this is the one thing. That really <laughs> like, this is the one thing that, like, pushes his buttons, you know? Well, actually, no, I think, I think we push his buttons because we're really bad at <laughs> the Yeah, there'd be times where we would be, like, actually trying and still failing. But then there were times where we were purposely messing with Momo. <laughs> we'd be, like, bumping into him. <laughs> and that's why I hate y'all. And that's why oh, we're yeah, ending this podcast right now. <laughs> And then I remember other fun things too. I think you came to our, our little uh, Kesem party on rice a couple yeah. times, you know? And I still have this video on my phone. I don't oh. know why. It's a video of you like twerking on the wall. <laughs> like, I remember <laughs> that. Was that a Do you remember that? I don't remember where it was, but... I remember that. <laughs> Bombo, do you remember that? I do not. Please play the video. Please play oh, hold it. Hold on. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm like, Momo is wild as heck, man. This guy is like turning up everywhere. Was this 2018? Was this? I don't remember. It was when you and you and uh, Moose had like the twerk off as well too. It was, was the same night, I think. Wait, was this on the wall? Yes, it's on the yeah. wall. Yeah. This sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Here it is. It's a video. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this was this is the first time I heard Dolipa's song, um, New Rules. I remember this is probably 2019, right? 2017. Really? 2017. <gasps> yeah. This, this is like after a month of knowing us. Momo <laughs> 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 has this great ability to like make everyone just get really close to him, you know. I think we just feel really comfortable to like do wild and crazy things <laughs> with Momo. I feel like we did a lot of crazy things at camp that I don't think we should yeah. discuss right now, but <laughs> <laughs> what are the the blob? The blob. Good old times, the blob. Uh so the blob was like this huge pretty much like a huge inflatable balloon on this lake. And there's like a little thing, this little ladder thing you can climb up and then you jump on the blob and like two people can get on the blob, one at the end. And then there's like a little jumping area. You jump on the blob and then the person at the end kind of like flies off. The campsite that we were at was closed at night, but I was a really good influence to y'all. And I was like, oh, at UT, our tradition is to get into the lake at night when no one is looking I only told y'all, so it was only us three at the blob. Y'all know I'm terrified of heights. I was like, I'm not going to get on the blob. And then y'all, y'all peer pressured me. We just pushed you. We tried to push you. I was screaming. I was yeah. screaming for my life. 
Look at this picture of you. I don't know why I had this on my phone. But- <laughs> <laughs> Holy! Just you and your abs. Just you're just flexing on your Instagram. Like, yeah, this is me and my abs uh, right here. <laughs> why do you have do a save in your phone? I do. I yeah, <laughs> that's at the uh, Japanese Garden in Houston. Pickles, pickles. Look, look at this picture. Oh, look at that! I looked so young and alive back then. We felt so old. This is our last. Oh, week. I remember that. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, real question. Do y'all think that medical school, the stress of medical school has, like, worn you down? For me, at least? Like, yeah. 1,000% yes. Like, I, I'm tired all the time. We went through a lot of phases. Like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just over it, man. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm tired, you know. But, uh, yeah. Finish a lot of my rotations now. So I have, like, a little bit of a break before my, my next one. I think this is a much-needed break at a much-needed time. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, like, super tired, you know. Yes. What about you, Guac? Yeah, I think I can relate to pickles to some extent. I haven't started my rotations. That's notoriously known as the time where people start feeling burnout, especially taking step and then going straight into the clinical rotations where you have long hours and study when you go home. The first few years for me have been in the classroom. So it's yeah. primarily just been focused on learning and taking tests. I feel like I definitely study more than I've studied ever in my life, even at Rice. It's definitely been stressful, but I feel like there's a lot of flexibility with your preclinical years when you're just in the classroom and studying. I feel like I've been able to study wherever I want at whatever hours I want. I try to take weekends off and try to make the most out of studying. So like on exam days, one of the traditions that we started here is everyone in our friend group will wear like a sports jersey or something to make like the exam day, like a game day. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's been really fun. (laughs) Another tradition I had over the last couple of weekends in the fall, we're going to like a Northwestern football game because I didn't feel like I ever went to a rice football game. (laughs) Well, it's rice. (laughs) We're pretty bad. Come on. Literally, I went to a a UH and rice game and I sat with the UH section because I I remember that. This was 20, I think 2017, 2018, right? Because I, I went to the same game and like Rice got demolished. I mean, that's, that's that, any game. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you can just you can say that. Oh, that's... Rice's hole was wrecked. Wrecked. <laughs> How was life in COVID with preclinicals? That is a good question, dude. It's been very weird. So, Momo, I started medical school right kind of when COVID was hitting. And yeah. so the start of our school year was virtual. So I did my like orientation week, most of my classes virtually. And some of the things I noticed is you can't tell how tall people are on Zoom. So like sometimes I'd meet people in person and I would just be shocked by like how tall they were or like (laughs) what height they were. (laughs) And then like the other thing is when classes were in, in person, we were all wearing masks. And so like there's people in my class that I can't recognize without a mask bill. Oh, yeah. I feel like. A lot of people, sometimes when they see me in person, they're always shocked by how short I am. <laughs> short King, I am 5'6", okay, y'all? People always think that I'm like 5'9", but I guess sometimes I just give off tall energies, so... <laughs> EDE is what you give off, you know? <laughs> you know, there's the surgery to make you taller, you know? Yes. Or orthopedics, you know? Trust me. Trust me. I've looked into it. I've looked into it. <laughs> you should do orthopedics just just to get Momo his height that he wants. Right? (laughs) And then you can take him in PM&R after. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) After episode two, KP is going to give me plastic surgery. And then uh, whatever episode this is, Guac, you're going to give me surgery to make me taller. So what I'm saying is I'm ready for my glow up in the next 10 years. And Pickles, (laughs) you're going to... 
pickles. Wait, what? What specialty are you wanting to go into? Uh, I'm still debating between internal medicine and uh, PMNR. I gotta do some soul searching to figure out why I want. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I have some experience with, with like you know physical rehab. You know, so after surgery, you probably need physical rehab. You know. For, oh yeah, you, you're right. Wow. Well, you're See. Just, Guac's going to do your legs <laughs> surgery. I'm going to help you walk. So y'all, the take-home message of this podcast is ask not what you can do for your friends, but what your friends can do for you. And what they can do for me is plastic surgery, make me taller, and then therapy after my surgery of getting taller. Thank you. Thank you. That, that is the take-home message of this whole episode. <laughs> Alright, Momo, what can you offer us? Uh, Cloud. I, know, I, need, uh, I need some. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I can offer <laughs> you, you have exposure. No idea. Every time, my friend acts like, oh, I have this really famous friend. You know, oh, we, we, no. We, I was like, stop. I have this like famous TikToker, Instagrammer. You know, oh, he's, like, you stop, know stop. we did commercials with like Pfizer. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. You know, like, oh my God. Really? Yeah, someone at my medical school knew who you were and I was wearing your sweatshirt and they're like, oh, I like watching his videos too. And I'm like, oh, I'm friends with him. <laughs> him you know? I've actually seen him shirtless and like, in his underwear. You know, that's how close we are. You I've know? actually seen he, him he mad. with me. <laughs> <laughs> i've actually seen him mad over a game of overcooked so <laughs> get on my level thank y'all for gassing me up but i'm just a regular old person i'm herpy derpy i think we were there with you at shift soccer when you made your facebook page and like it was blowing up over the course of our dinner <laughs> oh my god yes oh my god you literally just unlocked a memory that i forgot us going to what's the restaurant's name again shift soccer yeah oh my god so good i took my boyfriend there and he likes it oh we got to talk about that oh well, yeah please oh uh we'll <laughs> save it for another episode <laughs> we'll save it for another episode i mean uh listen to episode what two i talk about no episode one uh we matched on tinder our four months is gonna be next saturday well by the time i post this episode it'll probably be like our five months but because I'm, I'm on top of this. I'm recording all these episodes like a month in advance. But we've been doing very well. I won't tell you his name on this podcast. But I will tell you after this episode. In fact, I think right now is a good wrapping point, actually. So is there like any piece of advice that y'all would like to give to my followers? Uh, make sure to have famous friends. So they can, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, it can, it can be a good, you know, I feel like in medical school, you lose a lot of your personality. For me, <laughs> you lose a lot of your, your interest, you know? Yeah. Like, you know what? Well, one persisting interest. Well, it's <laughs> about me. You know, I, I basically like famous adjacent. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's studies in, for medical students about like empathy, fatigue, and burnout. And a lot of students experience that by the end of fourth year. Oh, yeah. So that's like a scary thing. Actually, I think I was in Rice. I think someone told me a study that, like you mentioned earlier, third years when people kind of lose some of their empathy and kind of there's a survey that said that third years when the dip in the empathetic skills kind of show. And I'm like, wow, that's the year we actually see patients. Oh. I think the study was kind of vague on whether or not which direction it occurred. Like, was it the, the patient encounters that caused it or did the empathy kind of come before that? Gotcha, gotcha. I remember correlation does not equal causation so keep that in mind keep that in mind p value under you know 0.5 i think my takeaway is remember your statistics when you're in medical school <laughs> 
when you're on a science podcast. You know? Yeah, mitochondria is the powerhouse of, of the cell, and that's probably the most biochemistry I can tell you at this time. Nice. I mean, there's so much pressure because you know, you want to sound like insightful, you know, and you want us to give like I know, right? Is this for advice for people that want to go into medical school, or no, just in general? I think one thing. Thing that's kind of come up for me in the last couple of months with school. I think, Momo, you were asking earlier about how med school has been for me and if it's worn me out. I think the last couple of months have definitely worn me out. And I know that the next year is going to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think the best piece of advice that someone gave me actually was be very aware of what your priorities are in terms of your relationships. You have a finite amount of free time. And it's really important that you're spending it with the people that you prioritize. Ooh. Because if you're not focusing on that, that you may waste that time, basically. Yeah. And I think it's very hard in medical school to maintain all your friendships and relationships. And I think it's important that you just figure out which ones you have to prioritize that are important to you. Ooh, and damn. so that's part of the reason I'm very glad we're doing this call. Yeah. Snap, snap, snaps. I remember one time when Buff was telling me that I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm like, dude, no, you're literally an extrovert. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no question about it. I told uh, Salsa, you know, Salsa. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes, you? I was like, yeah, I remember Raj telling me that. I mean, Quack telling me that. And we all called you. You got to you know, go kiss Quark, the tree. You're, Quark, you're an idiot, bro. Like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not a dang. You're not a dang introvert, bro. You're, you're an extrovert at your core, man. Like, <laughs> Everyone needs a little bit of recharging after social events, you know. But you, you yeah. yeah. But I think my advice is I was actually gonna say something very similar to to Quack actually. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like the the minutia of like, ah, oh, I gotta get this good grade, gotta get this good eval, gotta take it one day at a time, and you know, make sure I'm rocking these patient presentations, you know. Yeah. But sometimes take a step back, see what's important to you. What Quack said, know your priorities, your friends, your pals. They're probably the greatest gift that school can give you. I'm very lucky. I don't know how to make friends Damn. out of a school setting, you know? I feel like I've been lucky to be in higher education for a while. And I have a lot of friends to take me through and support me through all these uh, these tough times. I think these are a lot of lifelong friends yeah. that uh, we make. And it's kind of easy to kind of take them for granted in the midst of rotation. And you don't give them the time that you want to give them. Mm-hmm. I try to, every now and then, take a step back. Be like, hey, I miss y'all. Let's hop. Let's hang out. Got a bite to eat. You know, let's play some games. Overcooked. <laughs> well thanks for the wonderful pieces of advice y'all like definitely i want to catch up with y'all more after this podcast y'all thank you so much this is our first time catching up in a long long time and i've enjoyed every moment of this thank y'all so much i will see or i will i'm not gonna see my listeners but i will hopefully y'all will <laughs> i will see y'all next time bye guys bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.